everyone, Sarah Brown Wessling here from the Council of Chief State School Officers National Teacher of the Year program. And I am so excited to announce the third season of Voices from the Classroom, the State Teacher of the Year podcast. CCSSO's National Teacher of the Year program provides a platform for exceptional educators to elevate issues that affect teachers and their students, to expand their leadership roles, and to inform policy and practice. In this season of the podcast, 2022 State Teachers of the Year will teach us about the lessons their students keep talking about. Maybe it's the one that they come back to years later and tell the teachers about. Or maybe it's the one their most recent students have asked for over and over again. This season, we are honored to have two past State Teachers of the Year conducting the interviews themselves. You'll hear Stacy McAdoo, 2019 Arkansas State Teacher of the Year, John Arthur, 2021 State Teacher of the Year, and me in conversation with our teachers throughout this season. I invite you to listen to these incredible stories. Welcome to the Voices from the Classroom podcast. I'm John Arthur, the 2021 Utah Teacher of the Year, and I'm here today with Marta Garcia, the 2022 Massachusetts State Teacher of the Year. Hello, Marta. Hello. How are you? Nice to I'm be so, here. Oh, I'm so good, and it's so nice to have you. Now, uh, we've had a chance to talk a little bit, but please, go and tell everybody who's listening about where you teach, what you teach, and why you love teaching. Um, so I teach in Salem, Massachusetts. I teach multilingual students. I teach them English. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's known as ESL, but we are switching into the multilingual um, terminology because it's more inclusive. So uh, we are in that moment of, of transition of, of, the, of the term uh, of how we talk about these students. So I teach English to multilingual students uh, in Salem, Massachusetts. I love to... Uh, to teach because um, most of my students are immigrant students, multilingual. I happen to have that same profile, so identif I identify with with their daily experiences. But I also have that level of privilege that can leverage and can um, you know uh, bring um, all the the amazing things that they bring to the culture here, mm -hmm. and um, it can open up people's people's minds about this very, very special population. They really can. And they are, those kids are lucky to have you both as a, as a teacher, but also as a model, as a, as a member of that community. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love it since we're going to talk about a lesson that your students keep talking about for you to tell us all about that lesson, including the details of what <laughs> you did during the lesson and what your students were doing throughout. Um, well, in um, this this idea that when I was thinking about what to talk about today, it's not just a lesson. It's a, it's more like a, like a little end of unit project that I did with my students. So um, in my district, we teach um, with thematic units. So we embed the teaching of the language with the content, um, and at the end of each unit that has a, a big question and a, and, a, and a theme and a specific topic, we end with, a, with, with an end of unit project. So this is what I want to talk about today. Um, the big question uh, for that particular unit, which happened to be about cooperation and collaboration and how to, um, uh, to help each other, was what is the best way to get things done? 
um, we had practiced vocabulary. We had done a, a bunch of readings. Um, um, and at the end of, of the unit, which also happened to be the end of the year, I decided to turn, uh, to turn the project into a play or mm -hmm. a readers theater kind of project. And I found a really cool uh, folktale from Peru, which happens to be, you know, from Latin America, where most of my, my students come from. Um, um, so it was a folktale about a small village in Peru um, where, you know, people helped each other to solve a situation for one of the neighbors. Um, and the story <clears throat> um, was written in, in just a narrative form. I just translate, I transcribed it into a script form. And um, so uh, we decided that we were going to do a play as part of that end of the year project and part of the end of the unit project. So um, the level of engagement of the students from the beginning of saying, of me saying, we are going to uh, do a play and we are going to perform for a real audience, which happened to be a bunch of native speakers of English. So my students being learners of English, many of them in their early stages of, of English acquisition were going to be the stars for native speakers of English. So that um, already was a huge motivation for them. Um, so we, we talked about who was going to do what part of the, of the, of the play, who was going to be what, um, uh, what character they had options to choose and everything worked in a way that everybody was really happy with their choice for character. And it was really, really appropriate to their style, their, their own, you know, profile of in, as individuals. Um, they, so we practice, um, each, of, each of the students practice the parts for a couple of weeks. Um, this allowed my students to, um, to acquire the language in a way that it was um, easy, it was fun, creative. They still did a lot of reading, a lot of memorization, which is excellent for language learners because they are, um, they are um, learning, they're internalizing um, the language with, with a proper grammar and, and, uh, and um, you know, with, with a great model um, of the English language. It's not that they're producing their, their language, they are replicating something that was written already for them. Right. Um, it also had um, a, an amazing component, which is the protagonist of the play had a long name. Um, let me think about it. Maria, <laughs> Ma Mani, it had four names, a, a, really go a really long name, like all the Latin American names. We like all my students. Yeah. Name, middle name, <laughs> and then two last names. So the fact that the protagonist had a long name, it was a really, really important part of, 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 the, of the character. Uh, and the fact that my students had long names, they immediately related to, oh, there is another place in the world where kids or people have long names just like us. So we really discussed that. Um, so that was the, the reading part, the memorization part. But it also, we also, did, um, of course, we had to put a play, you know, um, into action. They, they, this, 
designed the background. So this happened in a Peruvian village in the mountains. So we, using the text uh, illustrations as the model, they created the background so that um, <clears throat> allowed them to understand the idea that that background was the setting of the story. And we had really interesting conversations about, uh, do we put characters on the background? Uh, no, we don't because we are the characters. So we are the people, we are the characters, this is the setting. So we're not gonna worry about, so, so this idea of learning about the, the parts, of, like the characters and setting and plot was kind of deconstructed in a way that they understood really, really well in really an authentic uh, way. So, okay, we decide, we dis designed the background. It was amazing. I still have that background and I put it on my, on my walls uh, at the beginning of the year because it's really amazing the way they replicated the original from the book um, and how it was, it was really a work of co cooperation, which had been the whole theme of, of our um, last unit at the end of the year. So it really, it, you know, putting a play um, together, it's all about cooperation, it's about listening, it's about waiting, it's about negotiating, um, it's about, you know, who's yes. going to color what, who's going to design what on the background. So, um, yeah, they were literally living the lesson you were trying to teach them. Exactly. So it was, it, it was, um, it, it was all done in, in a way that there was no, no distractions. They were all hundred percent focused because they also knew they had a mission. They had, uh, they were going to have an audience. Um, originally we thought about inviting parents, but because this was in the, still in the pandemic, we couldn't do yeah. that. But we certainly invited some some students from their own classrooms. I take them from their homerooms to develop okay. their English language. So they spend a certain amount of time with me, but they have their own homerooms with native English speakers. So the fact that they, those students were going to be our audience that, that brought a lot of joy to them and they wanted to really show off their English and their performing abilities and all of that. So we also created our props um we all the, the there was music included in the play there's three uh, three songs really really fun songs that address grammatical points because where this uh folktale this folktale was part of a program that i use uh, which is designed for language learners so um so uh, another thing that happened that is amazing to to watch is like this this folktale was um, was in a way ad um, adapted to a grammatical structure, which was the, the Saxon genitive. So the title of the of the of the play was Maria and the Baker's Bread. So they are learning how to use the possessive in English, which, if you think of a Spanish, doesn't work the same way. It's a very specific way to to use the possessive in English that doesn't compare to Spanish, which is the, the native language of most of my students or Portuguese. So they really assimilated, they internalized that extract structure without mm -hmm. me saying, okay, let's look at the possessive in English. They just internalized it because they used it um, so often in the play is really reiterated uh, throughout the play and throughout the, the songs and everything. So it was really amazing to see 
that without specific, specifically teaching that structure, grammatical structure, they internalized it and they extrapolated to other contexts that didn't have to do anything with the play. So it was really amazing to see that it was the acquisition of, of the structure more than a teaching of the structure. Uh, and it was acquired in an authentic way, in a creative, fun, and, and really joyful, you know, uh, context. So, um, so that was for an English teacher, for a teacher of English to others, uh, to students who teach, who learn, who, uh, sorry, who speak other languages. Um, that was really wonderful to see how they adapted that structure and used it in other uh, contexts. I have no problem understanding exactly why students felt that this, why this lesson has stuck with your kids, why it was so poignant for them, because as a, as a summative piece, as something that comes at the end, you know, it's so easy to give a test, it's so easy to give them a quiz, but to give them the opportunity to take a story that you found and bring it to life, literally on stage for their peers from from scratch from the props to everything else i mean come on this i mean this clearly had to take a lot of effort not just on their part but on your part as well as a as a teacher so by by expending that effort to bring this play to life what did you learn about teaching and about the work that students do in our classrooms so what i learned is that we we tend to reinvent the wheel sometimes mm -hmm. that it just if we if we present the material in a way that looks and sounds like a game then things are much easier on our part i have to say that the the, the implementation or the or the process to get to the final product of the play was a little scary because um because this group of people, of, of students in particular, are very active. Um, they tend to have their little dynamics, um, you know, their little <laughs> family. So in a, they, they get along very well in one minute and then they're fighting the next minute. In right. this case, the idea that it was, a, it was a common project, that we all had a part on it. Uh, there was no situations, there was no behavior problems. There was, they were all excited. Um, and I learned that by giving that, that giving them that opportunity to really enjoy, to bring to to bring um, teaching into life, to have a purpose, to have an audience. So I always tend to present my lessons as we are going to play a game, we are going to sing songs, we're going to be loud with our music, and we are going to have an audience. I think those ingredients make my teaching just easier. Because the the level of engagement and joy feels um, you know feels so natural and so fun for them, which I have to say maybe in their homerooms they don't have that flexibility. They're quiet for for most of part of the day because they're not as happy and not they're not as comfortable speaking English in front of mm -hmm. their peers. Um, they may be having more problems accessing the content and the language. So in my classroom. Um, they feel like they can use their native languages. They can, they, they know that they are going to be 
um, taking risks because we are all taking risks and me being uh, one of them. Because you yeah. think that I, when I speak English, I make my mistakes. I have an accent. Sometimes they correct me. No, this is how you say it, Miss Garcia, because I still, you know, I, I have problems with some of my sounds. <laughs> um, just make it fun and it's going to just work. I mean, it's a lot of work in a way because it's a little bit less structured than the traditional lessons. But in the end, it's, uh, it, it's just so much more efficient if you want to think about it that way. It just you get so much more than uh, with less, you know, um, options for misbehaving or, you know, students getting bored or things like that. So yeah. just including music, art, performing arts and a sense of joy and purpose, I think that's, that's what makes it easy. And that's what I've learned throughout the years, like having this place, especially at the end of the year when the, the spirits are really, you know, high and, you know, ready for the summer. Absolutely. A fun project in an affirming space where kids are playing characters who actually look like, have names like the kids who are playing those parts. because. For our multilingual learners, our uh, linguistically gifted, as my friend Juliana loves to call them. Yes, I love that. Yes. I love that too. And for those students to not have to take on a a character or a name that is so different from their own, for once to get to play a character who looks like and sounds like them, what a gift to give them at the end of a unit. And I got to ask you, how how were the performances? Were Were they standing ovations? So yes, we um, we we did have the the performance at the end. It was in our classroom. We still have some restrictions from you know from the pandemic. We had to perform with masks, which mm-hmm. added another layer of like complication. But it, everything worked well. Uh, so we invited the the students from their homerooms, and we invited their their homeroom teachers as well. Yeah, uh, we had our beautiful background up. We have the music. We had, oh, we created our own programs. Right. Uh, oh, nice. Who was the, you know, who was the director? The, the, you know, who had been the, uh, the leading, you know, person to. There's a especially gifted student in terms of art, and she was kind of in charge of just starting the background and telling um, who who should be coloring what. It was made for that job. Um, gave that student a sense of, you know, of, of empowerment. And my, my talent is being used in a way that is effective and is, you know, is for the, for, the, for the benefit of the whole group. And the kids were just fine with her directing them what to do uh, on the, in terms of the, of the background and the painting and all of that. We created our programs, like I said, um, and then um, we had someone at the door distributing the programs, directing the kids to their seats, the teachers to their seats. And we had the performance. It was recorded. It was uploaded on Google Classroom for the world to see. <laughs> to see. And, um, and then we had a little party with a little, you know, some treats and pictures. And then we, um, we dance salsa. Most of my students come from the Caribbean. So it was, it, it ended up being a really like an end of, of, of the, the year, end of the unit, celebrating our awesomeness. Um, 
and it, it was really amazing. And like you said, like in the in the prompt um, for this podcast, it's like, why are still students talking about that lesson? They still want to share to their next year class. Uh, and they have done that. Like their teachers have actually uh, shown the, the play on the big screen in their classrooms. And it's always a big hit for, <laughs> for the, even the native speakers of English. And yeah. they're really impressed with the work of the students who um, they understand are learning English. And, and they became models in a way for the native speakers. So that's wonderful to, to see and to and to see develop and how the native speakers embraced that uh, talent. Mm. And they're kind of jealous. I want to do that too. I want to come to your class, Ms. Garcia. Um, so I, I, my message being our students have a lot to teach us, to teach the rest of the population in the school because they are gifted, they're talented. They have a lot to, to give us. Wow. Marta, thank you so much for sharing such a, a truly shining example of your practice with us. It's, it's not just shining bright. It's I can hear the music. I can hear the joy. I can hear the laughs and the fun, along with those little fights. Thank you for painting such a beautiful picture for all of us. And uh, thank you for what you do in the classroom. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share. Thank you for listening to the latest series of Voices from the Classroom, the State Teacher of the Year podcast. Let's keep the conversation going. Please share these lessons on social media with the hashtag NTOY22. That's hashtag N-T-O-Y-2-2. You can also catch up on the last two seasons on our website at ntoy.ccsso.org. While you're there, you can also learn more about and find ways to support all of our efforts to elevate teacher voice through the National Teacher of the Year program. Until next time.